You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Shutdown Fullcast, the Bold Statements Edition. It's a college football podcast, but, you know, it's the offseason. And I think that it's come time for uh, a Ryan Nanny original. Say hi, Ryan. Hello. Um, I'm so damn proud of our of our audience because I like answering questions on this podcast. They They frequently give us interesting and clever questions. But I thought, why not mix it up a little bit? This off season, why not ask for uh, our our good our good and kind listeners to give us bold statements with which we can either agree or disagree or something in between? And man, in true the most American thing about our listeners is they were f- so much better at making bold, possibly incredibly wrong statements than <clears throat> about asking thoughtful questions. That is. That is United States as hell. Wave that flag. This this ain't a podcast about research. No. It's about no. saying it with your chest. Say it like you mean it. That's all. Say we're what about. you say. Say what you know is true, even if you haven't verified it with fact. That's right. Stick your foot in it. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I think that before we start, uh, anything college football related, I don't know. Ole Miss lost. It's like. It's letter from the NCAA. <laughs> they don't have a copy of it. They're like, I don't yeah. know where it went. Yeah, whoop, whoopsie. That's I was thinking about that. Like, is that why they did? Ryan, <clears throat> as my lawyer, you can probably yeah. answer this. Is that why they did the whole thing as a video and at least the transcript of the video, like as a as a extra way of showing we didn't write down shit. All we did was turn <laughs> on the camera. You know what? Let's go with yes. That makes the most sense because there's no other reason why they would do that video. Unless the one thing the one thing that did appeal to me about it is if Ole Miss can get away with 
just a pre-prepared statement video instead of a press conference for this, then every SEC coach is going to do this for quote-unquote media availability. Nick Saban is not taking another question for the rest of his time at Alabama. It's all going to be prepared statements on video. That and just started that, a personal YouTube. I, I I want Nick Saban to do a personal Snapchat so he can personally direct a rant at you when he gets angry at you, and he can't do it all at once, so he has to escalate snap by snap, right? So you just get you know like ten seconds of, and I don't know. I mean, if you're gonna say those kind of things, you just you just you just go out there, and I guess I guess you just say it. We just we just we just take it one vlog at a time. That's it. And then, and then eventually, the it's we it's like the, the next vlog. By the end, by the time he forgets to take off the filter, that's like the raging, <laughs> screaming demon. Like he's doing the part where he's like, "Listen, I I appreciate the valuable service you raise interest in our sport," but he's saying it as Satan. Here's the thing: it's not a filter. Yeah, no, Nick Saban, Nick Saban with the Nick Saban with the beauty filter or with the beautiful wreath and garland, right, like above his head, like the flowers, infuriated and going, I, you know, you just you get our players to believe this shit, and that's that's why that's why the media makes our job harder than it has to be. I'm like Nick's got, that's it, like sixteen snaps. That's yeah, Bambi, yeah, that's Bambi eyes. Yeah, with big Bambi, with big Bambi eyes, going like you know, like like shit through a tin horn. We need somebody your opponent. Somebody out there, please, when you get bored enough in spring ball, please run up on Saban and filter him while he's talking. <laughs> Dude, You'll never be invited back. And you somebody's might go- gonna do this at SEC Media Days, I promise you. Yep, yeah. we're not we, we won't hire you. There's literally nothing in this for you. There's no incentives. We'll thank you on a bad podcast. <laughs> terrible podcast god. Um let's just start let's just start charging through these. Let's jump into it. I want to. I want to defer to you two if you have one you want to start with. I'm gonna. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you lead. Lead. All right. All right. We're gonna. We're gonna. All right. We'll start with one of my favorites. This is from Chris Barnwall. Chris Barnwall likes to write to us. He's a friend of the podcast. So I'll give him that status, and he's gonna need it because this is his bold statement. The Sega Dreamcast was not ahead of its time and deserved failure. Hey. Son, son hey, Chris. Of a bitch. Hey, Chris. I'm sorry you're fucking terrible at Crazy Taxi. I am. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry on. that you can't successfully get through more than a minute and a half of gameplay and that you find the Offspring's rockin' soundtrack distracting. Yeah, the game only had two songs and, like, one level. So what? I'm sorry, I'm sorry you can't appreciate the fine design innovation odes to Japanese culture taught plot lines and yet open world casual freewheeling action of Shenway. Okay? A revolutionary I mean, game that I mean, never got its due. I mean, let me hit you with the original Soul Calibur. Back oh, when back when folks boy. were barely even understanding wrapping their minds around Virtua Fighter. Back when back when the mediocre Tekken was out, they hit you with Soul Calibur. Come on now. Man, Soul Calibur for everybody who had a fighting game, Soul Calibur was it. It was Soul and it was Caliber. You put them dude, together and you blew the, minds. They had uh, the ripoff Ryu who had the long staff and 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 the and the the guy who was a knight who turned into a demon. Yeah, that guy with the big hammer. I will play any game where there's a big his old heart badass was falling out of his chest, Chris. Exactly, B- big whomping hammer. Let me let me ask you: When did Randy Moss uh, 
get on the yeah. cover of, Ma- yeah. of Madden? It what wasn't. Going? It wasn't until like uh, 2009 or something, 2014. Long ass time, right? After 2K had had it three times. Yep. Three yep. in a row. Also, the- low key, Dreamcast uh, because it was disc based instead of cartridge, as most other. Uh, a lot of other platforms were before it. Super easy to get illegal games. So easy. Oh, man, the easiest. <laughs> By the way, I'm I'm not done here. I have a good Shenmue story. It's not yeah. mine. I'm going to tell it because it's great because it illustrates the brilliance of one of our friends, John Boys of SBNation.com. John Boys and his brother both played Shenmue, and his brother's character loaded up on his profile had all of this money that he had earned in the game, which was not entirely easy to do. And and he piled up massive amounts of money as this character in a fictional world, right? So John is the older brother. What does John do? John goes into the game, sees that his brother has a ton of money, takes the fictional character bloop, 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 down to the arcade and blows it all in like pachinko and bubblegum. Like <laughs> blows like fifty grand. Like just sits there and spends all of his brother's money. <laughs> so when his brother comes back, he's like, Why do I have all this gum? it's like a magnificent big brother move oh also nfl 2k the rams and nfl 2k are one of the best video game teams ever the playbook is immaculate and 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 like seriously with with brandon manu malu unit you can get like 200 yards on this like tight end wheel route they have in that playbook that i've never seen anywhere else it's just amazing oh and they had marshall falk their college games suck though i will freely admit their college there's that there's that 2K That's over it. Madden forever. Madden's, Madden Madden might have caught up by now, but everybody knows it's true. Took you damn yeah. long enough, man. Yeah, but yeah, NCAA was always better. Like, that's just a much better game. But yeah, that's his only fault. Otherwise, Dreamcast, flawless. <laughs> I don't know about that. Also, it had a little, <laughs> the, the controller would be like winking at you and, and, and right. shit. It had a little, had a little, the, the memory card had. It had the only thing that could keep that could prevent screen peeking before they had like when you were playing against somebody, you could actually look down and call a play on the little screen the in the controller. Itself. Yeah. Yeah, and if it didn't have nothing to do, it'd be making it would make a smiley face or something. Yeah, do you want to know when my dad ceased beating me ever in any video game that was a sports game? When we got a Dreamcast. Because he was Why, you're not gonna show me your cards. Oh god damn it. <laughs> Blackjack is hard. <laughs> Spencer's dad is Bill Belichick. <laughs> 100. More like Thrill Belichick. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do have one I would like to answer. Please. Chris Barnwell, I can't believe you were that wrong. Well, get yeah. That, get just, out of here, just, just, just unanimous no. Unanimous no Ooh. to that. And you're a friend of the show, but, but you know, tonight you got to sleep somewhere else. <laughs> Don't have to go home. But you can't sleep here. Orlando, um, he can't help it. Yeah. I've got this. Let's see. Um, Kentucky will win the SEC East. No, no. Who? Hold on. Who? Who? Who's getting credit for this bold statement? I'm sorry. Yeah, that, no, that, that, no that, anonymous that, statements here. That, I'm sorry. That that's at fake Gimmel. At fake Gimmel again. Long term friend. Long time friend of the podcast. Um. Yeah. That's not. I don't. It's not happening. Okay. It's let's, not. For the sake of argument, let's look at Kentucky's 2017 schedule. Let's mm-hmm. just let's just play it out. What happened? Um, Brian, do you think that you're the first person on the entire internet to do this? Like, do you think even even Mark Stoops has looked at his 2017 schedule? <laughs> yeah, probably I am. Mark, call me if you want to know. Uh, 
Kentucky, you have to play road games against South Carolina, Mississippi State, Vandy, and Georgia. That's mm. not terrible as not these bad. things go. And and the and the cross divisional games that they have are Mississippi State and Ole Miss, which as of now doesn't seem like the heaviest load if you're going to have to pick two opponents from the West. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'd say so. Um, uh, yeah, they, they, uh, that Mississippi State game, I wouldn't touch that with a ten foot pole. No, no, you don't want to play them next year. And and with the exception of the Louisville game at the end of the year, this, and I say this as a Florida fan, this non-conference schedule, Southern Miss. At Southern Miss, though, so good on you. That's a, that that that's a revenge game, by the yeah, way. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's it true. Is. That's true. Uh, Eastern Kentucky, Eastern Michigan. Yeah, that's a dookie water. Uh, yeah, hey, listen, that Eastern Michigan game. That's that's bowl team Eastern Michigan to you, that's buddy. That's true. That's true. You're that's right. That's true. Um, yeah, that's an import from the factory, brother. I will. I will <laughs> tentatively say that not because of Kentucky's own merits, but only because the SEC East next year might be the perfect storm. Of, oh no, we all shot each other fatally. I, I think this is a maybe. I'm not going to give it the straight no. Maybe you drop the game at Georgia and count on Georgia to fuck up something along the way. Oh, and Georgia will fuck up something along the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Florida game. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there, there was, there was mine. I'm just saying that. Jason, you got, you got a verdict on that? On that one? Yeah. Yeah, I think we settled that. Next. <laughs> Um, all right, let's do this one. This is from Attaker Finch at Dude3000. Texas would have won if Colt hadn't got hurt. <laughs> oh, boy. This so is this a common is, one online. This, this is a fun one because it, it caused me to go back and look at the box score for this game. Do either of you remember how many yards Greg McElroy threw for in this game? Oh, oh, man. Nothing. Let's do this, let's as do few this, as possible. Hold on. Let's do this Price is Right style. Um. I'm going to let Spencer go first. I believe Greg McElroy threw for 64 yards in this game. Okay. Jason? Uh, put me down for 111. Jason, you nearly doubled. <laughs> and Spencer's still over, so both of you lost. Greg McElroy threw for 58 yards in a national champion in a successful national championship game. This is maybe the nadir of excellent Alabama football in terms of like the worst Saban ball display ever because they go, they phone the second half the hell in. They run every play to 40 set, right? Just like creeping to the line. They bleed every bit of clock. It's absolutely unwatchable. And like the secondary is just playing loose. So Garrett Gilbert racks up a bunch of yards and everyone goes, oh man, Texas really came back in that game. He, he also threw four picks. Man, he threw four picks with zeal. Yeah, including including like a shovel uh, a shovel pass pick six right when he entered the game, if I recall. Yeah, right in there to a lineman, I believe. Yep, just here. Here you go. So, Bama needs help. so let's 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 get to the meat of the question though. If Colt McCoy doesn't get hurt, plays this whole game, who wins? Well, considering that you know Colt didn't beat Nebraska. Colt really didn't. I'm glad you brought that up. I looked at that stat line. Mm-hmm. Man, 20 of 36 for 184 yards and three picks. That's a Greg Davis line right there. That was like this Texas team did not play 
a super high caliber of team. I believe they only played three uh, before the national championship. They only played three teams that finished the year ranked. And a lot of those teams were not known for having defense. Nebraska was one of them and Colt McCoy struggled mightily. So yeah, I, um, probably no. not. Probably I think no. what we're saying is Ndamukong Sue won the national title that year. That's true. That's I'm true. happy. I'm happy to give Ndamukong Sue the Pritzker Prize for architecture. I'm happy to give him the Fuller Medal. I'm happy to give him whatever award he. You would know what? And, and let's say, let's go ahead and count that at like, as like a, a seventh of a Super Bowl for the Lions. You got it. You, you hey. did it, guys. That's Look at it's more, it's more than they more than they have now. So that's sure, a lot. that's that's a lot. Significant improvement. Uh, Jason, do you have one? Yeah, from Alistair Wilkins. When crediting shows for great seasons and penalizing them for bad, King of the Hill emerges as greatest animated show ever. Um, I mean, obviously, I don't. I'm not going to disagree with that. I don't even need to. I don't even need any sort of rating system. But I think, um, I think that's pretty hard to dispute. the The first, I'd say, two or three or four seasons are much stronger than uh, than after that, but not not really a bad season anywhere anywhere throughout. Definitely nothing like I don't know The Office, where it just completely falls off the rails. Or the last three decades of The Simpsons. Maybe the last or the last like two or three lifetimes of The Simpsons. Where where, yeah. does, South, where does South Park fall in here? Mm. It's been the same damn show forever. It was never that great. Like, I mean, I, I, I think I watched it mostly in college, which is a little silly because it's more of like a middle school show that makes you feel like you're a smart grown-up. Um, yeah. And, like, I remember there being a couple minutes per episode that were really good, but... Yeah, it was. I, I think it was new. That was his greatest asset. You said, man, this show is very loud, and it is very new. And sometimes it's good. And then that that went on for a while, and I think people caught on about four seasons in, and it just kind of went on down. And, when, and it, like, when it's good, it's good. But like the formula became really clear, which is like, oh, this show is so edgy. They're gonna they're gonna call those people assholes, and then they're so edgy they're gonna call the opposite people assholes, and then they're gonna propose that nobody really care too much either way. Yeah, it's it's just it's just a like it's just sort of an exercise and like cheerful nihilism every single week which cool i know it's coming you're, you're never really gonna surprise me i will say it was very short-lived and you know where i'm going with this <laughs> i do yeah 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 and, but but for what but for what it ended up meaning for me in my life yeah yeah c lab 2021 yep i i also i could have gone frisky dingo there as well they're both Man, that was they didn't even finish two seasons. Yeah. That's how yeah. you that's how you know it was good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so so based on this based on the uh this scoring metric, those shows would have gotten a one and a two. Those right. are pretty good. Like right. a lot of shows have neither a one nor a two. Right. Yeah. Like four four seasons and we out. And the only reason we lost anyone on the cast and suffered any decline in quality was cancer. So really like grading on a curve. Really, really high level of difficulty. Uh, C Labs there. King of the Hill, like so, that second season. Go back and look at the second and third seasons. It's just nothing but hits, man. And they made so many of them. They made so many King of the Hills because you think, 
oh man, in a Netflix age, like, you know, they've got like 16 shows. I can watch about 16 shows when I sit down. An entire season of The King of the Hill, it was a proper TV season. It had like, like what? Uh, like 20, 25, 30. Yeah. Yeah. I also feel like more than definitely more than South Park, probably more than a lot of the Simpsons. King of the Hill was not very dependent on what was going on in the world at the time, which is a good way to make something that's good then, but not a good way to make something that necessarily is funny five, ten years later. So a lot of it still stands up a ton. Yeah. Yeah. If you're having this conversation at all and the words family guy enter your head, delete our podcast. Don't listen to us. Now Think about what you've done in life. Now we have to move on to the next question. Um, all right. Uh, there's so many evil ones. I'm sort of sorting through here. Let's go to the most evil one. Eric Seeds, at Eric Seeds, Empire Strikes Back oh. is overrated. Woo! I know, I know. Jason took this one to the family. Yeah, I, I, we were at dinner, and I was scrolling through these, and saw this one, and read it out loud. And my daughter could like, it was like I just spoke in a language not of this world. It was like I said words that had never been uttered before. She could not believe that someone would come to this conclusion. Like to her, like I've, I've, I've always said. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't give her the hot takes about movies. I'll say, you know, Star Wars 2 is very bad. And she'll say, no, actually, that one's good, too. But if you say Star Wars 5 is bad, I don't know. It, I mean, because in a kid's trilogy, which I, I hate to tell you if you haven't thought of it this way, uh, it's, it's a kid's trilogy. We just happen to enjoy it as adults. Um, in a kid's trilogy, in the second one, it punched you in the face, in the gut. Yeah. Took you out back, beat you up with the tire iron. You're like, oh, cool. A main character might be dead or gone forever. Another one lost an arm. Another one lost an arm and, like, was strongly hinted that he was headed down some sort of doomed path toward the dark side. A secondary character it. has been disassembled and is now Chewbacca's backpack. <laughs> but Chewbacca lost his best friend. Yep. A possibly a possibly traitorous, scandalous scoundrel entered the picture and may not be trustworthy in Lando. Right? Yep. Meanwhile, Darth Vader's like, woohoo! <laughs> like, if you're a Darth Vader fan, Empire is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Running shit. Like that's that's like peak Darth Vader. You look at it from the other side, he's like, My boss is real happy with me. Running shit, got things going, might have lost Luke, but got a tail on him. Took his hand, got your son. Like there's there's all kinds of like absolute like this is the one that really dad should like most because the dad like comes in and wrecks shit. Yeah. Establishes like, order. The two most successful moments for the heroes in Empire are arguably when um Han Solo successfully slices open a dead animal to keep Luke from freezing to death. <laughs> and when Han Solo escapes the belly of another giant animal to prevent his ship from being swallowed alive. So yeah. cool. And Great job, yeah. guys. Yeah, don't, yeah, like the big the big move is we got away and Luke survives by falling down an enormous vacuum cleaner. <laughs> well done. It's awesome. Like, <laughs> it went poorly. After after no lie, getting his ass fucking whooped. 
<laughs> getting, like, get, getting tore up to the point where Vader's taunting him. Like he's like, like oh, here, I'm just going to throw some space garbage at you. Like, you should. Somebody should recut that fight scene with Brent Musburger calling the Notre Dame Alabama game. <laughs> <laughs> with the bra sound effect in there. Bra. <laughs> <laughs> and the hand that was lost many decades later being used to, what was it, clone Ray, I believe? Is the, the thing online? Is that the conspiracy sure. theory? I think so. I think Mark Hamill actually mentioned that as like that was the original proposal for Seven was they, they've got Luke's hand. They're they're using it to clone stuff. He's actually a starfish. <laughs> that's that's like way too George Lucas. It really should just be like, hey man, Luke's been on a bender for like the last twenty years. He ended up in some kind of weird places. He got kind of lonely. You ever Tatooine. been to a cantina orgy? It's cold. One night, one magical night. Yeah. <laughs> Luke's, Luke's actually just peeing off the side of that cliff. <laughs> when, the ch- when the child support summons ca- came, he was like, I'm not who you're looking for. This is not the dude you're looking for. I'm walk not, away. I'm not I will walk away. You for. will forget that where my island of drunken solitude is. <laughs> where I get hammered every single night. Oh, can I, where do I got to go? To... <laughs> so I think our conclusion is showing that... up and handing me weapons. <laughs> you will come back with a 24 pack of bush light and some smokes. <laughs> you will also bring chips. <laughs> um, I have one, uh, which we discussed pre-show. So a little cheat here. There's a pre-show. Uh, the shutdown full cast is taking your question. The uh, question given here at JTurn14, Jared Turner. Taco Bell is superior to Chipotle, even without regard to cost. Mm. Now, this is, this, this is the one that, I mean, this says a lot about us. This provoked probably the most discussion mm-hmm. amongst us, the most philosophizing, the most consideration yep. of who we are and where, where we are on our walk. Yep. Um, I will actually admit, yes, I think for what it is and for its purposes, Taco Bell is superior to Chipotle. Here's why. I don't want any bias here. Yeah, Chipotle has given me food poisoning. So is Taco Bell. I could have just said, I've eaten at Taco Bell on multiple occasions. <laughs> we're, we're good. We're on a streak now. So, food poisoning so, references on this yeah, show. So was this one week ago? No, no, no. This was another glorious time. When I rebooted an entire Chipotle meal, that turned out to be part of that great Chipotle like spree they went on when they had like spoiled meat. Oh when, yeah, I guess there was a sale. Yeah, so the tests. lines were, the lines were real short for a few months, thanks in part to Spencer. I feel yes. like Taco Bell has not had that. Weirdly, mm, Taco Bell, <laughs> Taco Bell, if everything Taco goes Bell well, knows where to hide bodies. Well, it also it also helps that most people who throw up after eating Taco Bell can it, reasonably say like eh, it might have been all that gin last night i was gonna say there's confounding factors there like <laughs> could have been the taco bell or could have been the ripple i don't know also they're throwing up at 3 a.m not at work yeah exactly not just <laughs> or, mysteriously or, on their dashboard or they're throwing up at work and it's uh, definitely a confounding factor oh boy 99 bananas is not a good breakfast choice yeah <laughs> so so I will say this, though, that I think in terms of what they are, Taco Bell is meant to be consumed. I mean, think about it this way. Taco Bell knows what they are to the point where they created 
fourth meal. Because yeah. they're basically like, yeah, you're going to be out of your mind on something. There's going to be a big old bright light. And your stomach's going to go, help us out, buddy. <laughs> throw, us, throw us a bone. They're like, you know what? Sleeping nine hours is for people who wouldn't eat Taco Bell anyway. We don't need to cater to those. <laughs> we, give me the five-hour folks. Play to the base. You don't, also, you don't need independence. You need the base. Also, consider this. That like, there's a book, and you might have read it if you were going through some kind of like stoner phase, stoner intellectual phase, you know. Godel, Escher, and Bach, The Eternal Golden Braid by Douglas R. Hofstadter. And it was talking about, you know, how you can take a bunch of simple elements and sort of braid them together into this like endless stream of creativity. That's been Taco Bell's menu for the better part of now going on almost 50 years. Because they have the same ingredients, and they keep making new things out of them. You got a burrito? Oh, cool. Why don't we put a taco in the middle? You got a taco? Why don't we put a burrito in the middle? You got a tostada? What if we put a taco on that tostada? You think they're done? Nope. They've gotten even crazier. They made, a, they made, they made a chicken taco where the taco was just chicken. There's only one frontier really left for them. And that is to actually construct... A giant church bell made of tacos. Bong! The literal Taco Bell. And then, if you eat that, they'll just put it inside a burrito. Like, remember they had a taco where they were literally just like, why don't we put a soft taco and some bean (laughs) I'm pretty sure they got Shaq to endorse it, too. (laughs) Of course they got Shaq to endorse it! (laughs) I like that every Taco Bell commercial, after, like, the goofy stoner, whatever, like, talking dog or whatever, it boils down to cheesier, beefier, crunchier! Whereas, whereas Chipotle is, Chipotle is the ideal food source for people who want to lie about eating healthy. Yeah. Oh, I'm just I'm just gonna have a burrito bowl. You know, I'm just watching. Yeah, the tortillas where all the trouble is. Mm-hmm. No, I'm, I'm not, just, only only a little cheese, please. I'm yeah, just I'll gonna eat an entire pound of food. <laughs> yeah, I'll be here tomorrow. Don't worry, gonna, it's part of my I'm, New Year's thing. I'm gonna eat an entire three quarters pound serving of rice. What's That's sodi- what Chipotle does. Chipotle just serves rice. Hey, what's sodium? That's probably good for you, right? Yeah, sure. I'm just gonna have the same amount of food that. Um, pro wrestler Booker T advertised for Hungry Man TV dinners in the, the 1990s. <laughs> Just a whole pound of food. But don't worry, there's lettuce. Yeah. <laughs> lettuce, is, lettuce is fulfilling. Like, to me, the question of Taco Bell versus Chipotle, it, it calls to mind that, that a human contains multitudes and who we are today is not necessarily who we, who, you know, who we've always been and all that. Because, like, do I, you know, would I rather eat Chipotle? Okay, yes, if I'm speaking with, like, you know, if I'm speaking with my mind, yes, okay, fine. Chipotle, it, it seems like it's actual food. Um, it's, it's, it's good. I think you could, I think you could eat Chipotle several times a week, and uh, there, there are far worse things you could eat. But if we're talking about what would I rather do, like, the idiot that I actually am, I mean, come on, man, I was... I raised my idiotic self on Taco Bell. It, it's too late to turn back now. I mean, I, 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 <laughs> I eat it several times a year, and every time I regret it. And every time, you know, 
every time just think I'm 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 definitely going to do this again. <laughs> I'm I'm I am I am as stupid as I am. Nothing is going to change that. This is definitely going to happen again at some point. Ch- Chipotle, you know, has done a lot in the business field. Taco Bell successfully sells people cinnamon sugar air. That's that's a menu item. More that's basically a cinna twist. You're buying air that's cinnamon sugar flavored. They sold that to you. They are yep. the greatest company in the world, with the exception of Outback Steakhouse. Agreed. Outback, the the order the order goes: Outback Steakhouse, Taco Bell, and then like that company, Se- Sega, 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 Se- yeah, sorry, Sega, Sega, Dreamcast, then, Sega Dreamcast Division, which is just one that, man waiting. Which is what's like. <laughs> there's got to be like an official Sega Dreamcast like Facebook page or something. There's there's one no, program. There's one programmer. He's like the, he's like those soldiers trapped on the Pacific Islands. He doesn't know that the Dreamcast doesn't make games anymore. He's there's still, like he's yeah, still out like there. what's how do you pronounce it? Shinway? Yeah, Shinway. Yeah, so like there, there's got to be like a Shinway Seven they're doing. And like that was the original game that was it, like it was billed as like oh you can you can walk for like a year and not see the end of the city or whatever. So like this one's got to be even bigger, and it's just one dude doing all that. Yeah, the fourth greatest company is that one that makes motorized coolers. My question that I uh, I do have another one I would like to ask. This is very quick though, because you can kind of just slam dunk it and run. This is what I'm about to do. Thank you, Lance Smith at Lance Smith twenty five said matt rule will win the big 12 before tom herman i'm gonna jump on that yes and just just exit the train gonna happen bye (laughs) you know what you know what i i have no honest knowledge or opinion about this but lance you should screenshot this and if it happens buddy you called it dunk it dunk it also given texas's recent history of working with talented people and all the resources in the world yeah, Matt Rule's going to win the Big 12 before Tom <laughs> Easily. Don't ask how. It's just going to happen. Um, uh, I, I got to take. I got to take. From, from Jordan Stewart, Dear Burly Man on Twitter. Watching an entire football game beginning to end is torture. I like this because it's not watching an entire Big 10 game or... Nope. Alabama game or AFC South game, just football. Football is bad. If you sit through four hours of it, that's terrible. That's a strong take. I can't endorse it, but I can understand it. It has it has more. It is a take that at first you read and you think that's preposterous. That's stupid. And then you marinate on it a little bit. You're like, well, I do like that I can flip around and that I can sort of, you know, jump in, jump out. Eh, maybe. Yeah, there are a lot of games that I really not want to watch the full four hours of. Right, like if, if Ryan you, and I have been to a few of those. <laughs> <laughs> if you take it literally, like watching it from beginning to end. Okay, so you're not looking away, you're not looking at your phone, you're not flipping games. You're watching like the Thursday night ACC of interesting punts, locked in, no looking at anything else. That does not sound good. If yeah, you're if at the game, maybe okay. There's there's a drunk guy next to you who's being funny. I don't know, but yeah. If we're if we're not applying any qualifiers to this, if it's just randomly selected, uh, your eyes are F- locked on it like Clockwork Orange. FBS level, FBS versus FBS team game. Yeah, there's a good chance you're right. There's a good chance that those four hours are not 
all going to be entertaining, and by the end of it, you will just sort of want it to be done. That is unfortunate, but also, nobody, We. I mean, you don't live in a world where you have to do this. No. The, the nice thing about College Football Saturday is that it is it is the world's best a- serving of appetite. Like, it's the world's best past appetizers course. Like, you don't want the crab puffs. Guess what, buddy? We got cannoli coming. It's, Look out. It's, uh, it's tortoise. It is. That's it. Yeah, that's right. It's tapas. Tapas. That's the ta- word. Tapas time. Tortoise is a sandwich. Yeah. yeah. But you could you could have small tortoise as You could have a little tortoise at your tapas place. <laughs> and then top it with the cannoli. Oh, Rutgers. Um, I would also say this. Don't trip on nostalgia. It, it used to be worse. Oh, it yeah. used to be way worse because you might say, oh, back in the days with Keith Jackson and Bud Wilkinson calling football games and just simplicity, not much in terms of camera angle distraction and all the foo-for-raw and hootenanny of modern media. Uh, it wasn't like that, man. There were like three cameras. It was rough. <laughs> you got nothing. You didn't even get all 22. There's like eight people on the screen. Yeah, good luck. That cameraman is just zapprudering it. He's looking for the guy. Has no idea how to track him. It's it's way better than it used to be. Remember, the past is bad. You want nothing to do with it. The future is great. Embrace it. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to use that to leapfrog to the next bold statement. Uh, this is from at Foster for Prez. Go big or go home on Twitter. And I do want to give you a taste of uh, this Twitter user's bio because I think it's important to the question. Uh, amongst other pertinent things to his his or her professional life, uh, Foster for Prez is a Bud Foster advocate and a hokey fanatic, and that's important because does does, does this... Bud Foster need advocacy? <laughs> like, is it, a, mean, is it a legal necessity? Maybe it's in the same way that like zoo animals do. Be like, please don't feed the Bud Foster. You know, it's important raise, that he made to raise Bud Foster awareness. We want we want Bud Foster to still our hope is that we can eventually release him back into the wilderness. And if you feed him, <laughs> he loses his instincts to if find you food see, on his own. If you see Virginia Tech's defensive coordinator eating out of your bird feeder, do not interrupt him. <laughs> if he's cartwheeling shirtless through your backyard, <laughs> call That's someone. What- that's why come he has the lunchbox. He can't figure out how to open it. And they're just hoping one day <laughs> Bud's, like Bud's going to crack that sucker open. And then that's when they know it's time to time to go back to the woods, Bud. You're good. <laughs> like Harry and the Hendersons. All right. Um, here's, here's Foster for Prez's statement. <clears throat> no college team that has yet to win a national title in football will, <laughs> um, will ever win a national title in football. Now, can either of you name the last team, the most recent team that won its first claimed national championship? Was it BYU? No, there's there's been I think two since BYU. Uh, Colorado. Colorado is second most recent. Florida. Florida is the most recent. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, <laughs> but... after years of making fun of Florida football for not existing until 1996, it still surprises. <laughs> Um, yeah, but, but since then, you know, since 1990, when Colorado did it, it's only been the two, everybody else who's had, had a turn on this carousel has already been there. And it is complicated by the fact that if we're talking about 
you know, who's won a national championship, that technically includes a lot of teams. That technically includes Stanford. Technically includes Iowa. Um, technically includes Rutgers. So, yeah, so I, I, I feel I feel real safe saying that two of those three teams in a thousand years of play will never win the national title. But well, what about once football consolidates all the way back down to just Rutgers and Princeton? Okay, once that happens, but then, I, but then I like the answer is definitely then the answer is definitely no because if the we're answer. just saying if we're just saying starting today, if you don't have a national championship, you won't ever get one. I mean. Or Oregon is obviously the the closest to cracking this particular nut most recently. And while I think we are fine with where Oregon is right now, nobody's picking them to win the national championship next year, right? Right. 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 And and there are some that um, in recent years, like Michigan State made the play. Well, Michigan State already has a title from many decades ago. So like right. it's a very specific list. And right. the Hokie thing is definitely relevant. Virginia Tech is on the short list of teams that have been in the discussion. Um, Oregon, mean, Oregon probably is top on the list. I mean, let me let me just put it this way: Kentucky and Syracuse could play for the national title this year, hypothetically, and if either team won, that would not change this question. They both have one that they claim already. Pitt, Minnesota, that would not get us any closer. No. Although I will say this, that's cheating. Because the first school that I thought of was Minnesota, because Minnesota had a run. And that run was like, what, in the 30s? And if Minnesota won a title now, I'd consider it just as miraculous as, you know, or more miraculous than like, you know, Oregon pulling off their first one. Yeah, Minnesota's most recent of their seven claim titles is from 1960. So you're right. It would would be a thing, but that's what makes this a hard question, that there are you know, a lot of teams that could, you know, could come out of nowhere to win the national title over the next 10, 15 years, and it wouldn't be their first. I, there have been so many teams that have been one single game away from doing it that the probability for me is too appealing. So I, I think that that the general point that that our Bud Foster advocate wants to make it's a good one because it shows that there's actually a really small number of teams who stand a good, great chance of competing for a national title. In terms of probability, I'll still riverside it because there are so many teams like West Virginia. West Virginia was so close in 2007, man. They were so close to playing for a national title and they would have been hell to face. They would have been a nightmare for anyone preparing for them. And they were so close. Let's not talk about what happened, just in case the tender ears of some scarred Mountaineer fan who remembers what happened uh, happened to be tuned to this podcast. They lost a pit. They lost a They lost a Dave Wanstead pit. They lost a Dave Wanstead with Steve Slayton and Pat White in the backfield. Another that has... That was probably like a 10-win pit team, though, right? Yeah, sure, certainly. Sure, sure. <laughs> if you if you like doubled it or so. I'm trying to be kind, Ryan. Uh, Wisconsin's got to go on the list as well. They've been hovering Close. right around that level for about twenty or thirty years now. Yeah, it's, more like twenty, uh, but yeah. And I mean, 
it, there are other there are there are there are SEC teams that that haven't done it. Which, when you look at what could happen in a Nick Sabanless world, oh, what a sweet dream! What a sweet dream that would be. Um, who who could just you know bolt up and get there first? It would be a moonshot kind of year, but that happens, especially when I don't know you, you pick up Cam Newton two point and you line up your schedule just right. You could win a national title that you haven't claimed before. Like that could happen. Is it okay? Here's the here's the other question: Is it easier or harder with a four team playoff to get in? I mean, I guess it's easier because you just have the and the paths to entry are doubled, so the chances that you're going to get one of these teams is uh, significantly expanded. And probably, I mean, look, certain results notwithstanding from the last two years. If you can get to the playoff, you are you should be good enough to, in theory, win the national championship, right? Yeah, but you don't. You have to beat not just one more right. talented team. You have to beat two. Right. Unless you're, unless you're Alabama, in which case you really only have to beat one. In which case you just have to not fuck up. Mm. <laughs> which they never do, ever. We'll get to the we'll get one more out of the way real quick since it's semi related. This is from Garrett Mueller at Mueller with two ones instead of L's on Twitter. Uh, Michael Dyer was down. Yeah, he was down. Yeah, speaking of Oregon, uh, Michael it Dyer is. was actually down. He was totally down. Auburn ruins everything. I, I I don't think him being down. I don't think that would have changed the outcome. Is the problem? He was down, Ryan. The spot was good. He was down. Maybe he shouldn't got stuffed on fourth and goal from the one. I don't know. Matt Matt, Matt Davison kicked the ball and it was an illegal play. <laughs> Missouri won that game. Okay. That's right. Jabbar Gaffney didn't catch the ball against Tennessee. Nope. Nope. What wasn't a TD? Got away with it anyway, y'all. Woo. Um, I would like to select this question. Which is some desperate college football program. This is from at books, not wooks, by the way. Greg F. Some desperate college football program should bring in Jeff Fisher just for hilarity. No, man. No. I don't need to watch that. I don't. You keep him in the NFL where he can be humorous. I don't need to see him come to college and run like some trash three tight end run offense that doesn't go anywhere and tries to play games to 10-7. Get that poison away from me. Not today, Satan. Not tomorrow. Not any week. Not next month. Not next year. I feel like desperate is the wrong adjective. Mm, It's almost like a... Sleepwalk. Yeah, it's like a complete lack of... Like, you should be more desperate than this. Well, isn't this kind of what Illinois is doing right now? Man, wow. kind of, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, they they have a coach who took a team to the Super Bowl, did not win, stuck around for a long time, made it to his second team, didn't work out there, and now just sort of took a college job because he's a name and recruits and blah so blah blah. Following the geography, this means Jeff Fisher to Mizzou. You know what? Ooh. That's not the worst idea. <laughs> 
There are the literally best. worse ideas. What I here's here is what I really like about that though. You get Rams fans who are like, "Oh, thank God, thank God the Rams left and took Jeff Fisher with them." The ones in St. Louis, that is. And they have to turn around and watch him take <laughs> over Mizzou football. Ooh, man. Ooh, man. Baba Duke! Baba Duke with a mustache! So, like, <laughs> so the whole thing would just be Jeff Fisher. Um, it's like he shipped the Rams. Like, he didn't even move with them. He just, right, he just right. stayed. He was just, he's the transporter. Think about this. Jeff Fisher was an interim coach for the Rams. Like he's been an interim coach for two, like two franchises that moved. Like how how much more can you say like undumpable like spouse? He's right? a like, he, you know what he like, is. Y'all still... He's a damn barnacle. He's a witness relocation agent. He gets you to your new city. He makes sure you're set up. Got a new look. Got new friends. New ties to the community. All right, moving along. Who's next? Raider, Raiders, sex. Raiders, you're moving to Las Vegas. Yeah, oh, this makes a lot of oh, sense. The fish in Vegas. <laughs> he'd be a legend. He'd, he'd wear sunglasses and people would be like, man, he's got a rock and roll attitude. And Jeff Fisher just says shit like, no, I just, it's bright. I it's hope, really, I hope really bright Jeff Fisher tells strangers that he's Andy Reid and they're just like, wow, you look great. <laughs> it's really slimmed down. Yeah. Yeah, Andy, Andy Reid tells people he's Jeff Fisher, and they're like, "Woo, you went to shit, boy." <laughs> he's in Good Vegas, God. Vegas, laying down seven nine straight every time. <laughs> <laughs> it's just man, it's great. We're playing poker. Terrible <laughs> blackjack. <laughs> I'm a hold the man. Just waiting on this straight. Hold, hold. Oh, you holding again? Oh, hold, 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 hold. Man, if he get if he gets what I think he should get, man, two sevens and two nines. <laughs> just just waiting on it. How many times can this happen in a row? You'd be surprised. <laughs> I think he's de- I think he's uh cheating, but in a very confusing way. <laughs> I still I cannot get over the fact that he said I'm not going fucking seven and nine and then got fired. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Got fired days after being extended. Yeah. <laughs> the God. Um Alright, let's let's stick on theme. This is from Ryan Sump at Ryan Sump. Nebraska wasn't dumb for firing Bo Pelini because they should expect more than beating non con cupcakes and bad big West teams. Mm. So Bo Pelini in his time at Nebraska, there's only one Big Ten team that he lost to three times. And that's Wisconsin. So he was not regularly getting his lunch handed to him. The problem was, there are only three Big Ten teams that he played and never lost to. And they were Penn State in the middle of some very troubling times. Illinois and Purdue. Like, like Nebraska under Bo Pelini was very good at Collecting a scalp when they needed one, got a win over Ohio State, did some things against you know did some things against Michigan. They were also very good at I don't know losing to UCLA twice. So, so yeah, I and honestly I don't know if I don't know if anyone else could do a better job there. 
it's yeah. very hard. It's very hard to get people to play there. It just is, and, and it's never been easy. And even when things it's, were at it's their been, best, it's been easy in, in, with certain um, NCAA parameters. If you tweak the sliders, yeah. if you tweak the, if you get if you get some I don't know prop players in, so shall we put it right? And you get the a system that is actually designed for teams that are trying to overcome personnel deficiencies, and you get people who have been fed into it their whole life. And you, I don't know, put them on like the best weight program at the time. And yeah, you get, it could be a pretty formidable machine, especially when like, also those staffs, they didn't go anywhere, man. They didn't get like, if you're talking about like, oh man, coaching turnovers are real. Like that, that creates real stress on how you actually perform as a program. Yeah. Guess what? No one left Nebraska. Like Frank Solich, like slept in the attic of their training facility for like, I don't know, 15 years. It's also, Everybody was there forever. I think. I think in the back of every AD's mind at this point is they remember Mark Mangino at Kansas, Jim Levitt at USF. There was this time when like you could be a good football coach, but if you did certain things, and this this just happened at Indiana too, like there are some certain things that you can't do now that you probably could do 20, 30 years ago because it didn't get out and players didn't talk about it. And I don't think that's better, but it is different, certainly. Um, and and Bo Pelini, you know, there was nothing like that about him. But I think the fact that he was known for flying off the handle, known for maybe losing his cool in situations where he shouldn't have when recorders were running, there was there there is definitely like a liability thing there, not in like a legal sense, but just to like, man, any day I could wake up and find out, oh shit, Bo said what? Fuck. And you know what? You don't have that problem with Mike Riley. No, no, not not one bit. So, yeah, I don't. My official answer would be, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. This man. is the hot takes episode. Bold. Um. All right, you got another one? I do have another one, which um, this will be this will be local, a very, very local one. All right. Um, which is, bold statement, the new Brave Stadium, spelled Barves, the new Barves Stadium, will make ATL a baseball city in Marietta. There's there's nothing in this sentence that makes any sense at all. Yeah. We, we had this discussion this week, John Boys and I, about could we name players? And we actually said, no, neither of us can name a current Brave. We were talking about just naming baseball players. We're like, hi, no, I don't know. I, I Like, does Ichiro still play? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Freddie Freeman, right? Well, I didn't know. Does I he play, he, for, the, does he play think, for the Braves? I, I, I think, I think Mark, he's a Brave. I think Mark Wallers is still on the roster. Yeah, Steve Avery. Steve, <laughs> Steve Avery's coming back. <laughs> Paul Ossenmacher. Uh, yeah, like I think, and I said yes. He goes, "Oh man, Bartolo Colon." And I was like, "Yeah." And we we're like, "Yeah, but we still can't name a Brave." Bartolo Colon signed with the Braves this off season. That's right. John, oh shit. Neither John nor I did it, and he's basically one of the only baseball players we know because he's fat. He's extremely <laughs> fat, and he now plays for the Braves, which we had to look up. Well, he's right? he's it, he's it, he's fat, and he plays in the league that makes him swing the bat. <laughs> yes, 
Like the, it's really the combination of those two. Because usually, when you get to Bartolo's state of age and disrepair, you're like, "Yeah, I'm not doing that anymore." Nope. Yeah. the The other thing about this, by the way, uh, and I'm really fond of pointing this out because they built it in the dumbest goddamn place you could possibly build this. Like, like the the dumbest. All right, they built it. I believe at the intersection of 285 and 85? 75. 75, I'm sorry. So 75. So, Cum- so it's, it's the Cumberland Galleria area. It's basically in a mall under an interstate. I'm only slightly joking. No, no, he's not even joking at all. It, it may be like, it may be 50 feet off of a gigantic interstate and about 300 feet away from another. And it's next to a mall and the parking will be like... The parking will be about twenty-eight bucks a game. They're like, you should get there very early. <laughs> like, like, there's nowhere to park, and the places around it will not let you park there. They're the not park, even letting. They're not the even park- letting you charge for parking. <laughs> the parking will be the mall. That's not a joke. That's the plan. Um, the through traffic is a neighborhood, an actual yeah, neighborhood, like a pretty uh, nice, a pretty nice neighborhood where people did not pay to have like trashed Brave fans driving through their lawns. Yeah, no one voted for this. No one voted for no, this. No, there was not a vote, remember. There was a deranged loose cannon city councilman somehow hijacked an entire county uh, and a pro sports team is showing up. No one knows how. No one has any clue how this happened. For the low, low price of what uh, was touted as 600 million. Which is touted as 400 million. And then later they were like, ah, it was 622 million. Oh, we forgot to add tip. Shit. Yeah, we don't need parks. Yeah. I believe that's the plan is just like, fuck parks. Yeah. (laughs) No public transit to a pro sports stadium. We got Bartolo Cologne. This is Barto. I didn't know we got Barto. When I say we, I mean uh, the city. I don't mean the Braves. Fuck the Braves. I didn't know Bartolo was a resident. That's that's good to know. He's so fat, man. Do you think he was fat in New York? Man, that stadium is like three minutes away from Heirloom Market. Bartolo is going to blossom. More like air balloon market. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if that's gonna happen, yeah, sure. Sure. That's that's totally that's totally gonna happen. This is an ATL United podcast. All hail ATL yeah. United. The footy mob will never die. Yeah, the Braves, we, have, we don't know you. we don't know you. We have uh, one pro sports team and it is United. God, God, the Hawks can't catch a fucking break. No, you know why? You know why? Why? They got Dwight Howard. Well, that's why. Yeah, we we tried to tell them not to not to do this. We no, the the Hawks the Hawks are still cool. The Hawks are still cool. They built a perfectly likable team. Guess who they got? A gigantic, brilliant cancer. They got they got like the most brilliant post defender and like one of the best big men of his time who just doesn't make anything better, makes everyone hate him, and then flexes his perfect shoulder muscles. Dwight Howard's got two things. He's got the physical gifts to make him a probably first ballot Hall of Famer in the NBA. Two, he's got a terrible attitude Man, that, goes, I, that apparently is right in there with like perfect shoulder muscles. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just bring all this up to Prater tomorrow and see what he says. He's going to be like, oh, he's right. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think any of this is considered incorrect. No. Okay. Cool. Um, this um, is an this is an NBA podcast. Is in, it in Major League Baseball? 
Yep. We we are experts on we are you know what? We're just as expert on those sports as we are college football. Yep. Fuck it. Don't ask what Spencer, Spencer went to monster trucks on Sunday. I did, I did. I wrote like I wrote four thousand words about it today, actually. Shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Elena, I did. Elena was thrilled. We both I'm sure we, we she both was. <laughs> events. I wrote like eight hundred words. Spencer did a lot more work than I did. I went no, yeah. I went to like I just no, I just use words way less efficiently and like ended with some morbid meditation on cities and mortality. It's great. Oh yeah, I didn't get into that stuff. Um all right, let's let's really take it off the rails here. At Cuppy Cup, our good Oh buddy. boy. The toaster is the most trash kitchen appliance. Hmm. I like toasters. I like uh, uh, if I'm making a sandwich, um, and the question is, do I want toasted bread or do I want like floppy bread? I don't know why I would ever go toast uh, non-toasted unless I'm in a hurry. So, the toaster is a one a one note tool, right? Unless you toast- get real creative, I've seen some cool shit. <laughs> toaster oven is not but i think the toaster oven is more trash than the toaster because the toaster only does one thing but most of the time and not all the time it can do it pretty reliably yeah every toaster is different you just kind of got to learn hot spots do i need to put it in a second time 1.8 whatever Toaster oven? I, I have had maybe one good toaster oven experience for every five times that I was like, this shit doesn't fucking work, and it might burn my house down. But the most trash kitchen appliance? I'm going to be real snobby here. Coffee, mm. make, coffee maker. Mm. That's, I, a, that's, know. A, that's a broad range of tools, though. The coffee maker? Yeah, do do we include the Keurig? I mean, I mean the just the old school. I mean the drip coffee drip coffee maker, the most trash kitchen appliance. I you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna accept that as like a pretty pretty solid case because there are a lot of other ways that make that will make the proper amount of coffee. Usually, when I had a drip maker, I would end up making like way too much and half the time making like a horrendous mess and making this like awful breeding ground for bacteria in my kitchen. No, man. Yeah, no, I, that, that's a good call. In fact, like if I want toast, toast is just unnecessary. The drip coffee maker makes things like unnecessarily complicated. And toaster, it's not, relatively it's not even, inoffensive. You know what? The, the toaster is the best way to have toast. Like you can do it other that's ways, what I'm talking about. but the toaster is the best way to do it. The drip coffee maker is one of the worst ways to have coffee. Get you now, a tea, I'm, get a tea I'm, kettle, I'm, get a metal French press, have good coffee. I will fight you. So I'm I'm 30 years old, and I have never actually used a drip coffee maker. I've just somehow avoided that task, and and at this point, we'll probably make it all the way through to the pearly gates without ever having used it. Um, for our younger listeners, what what all does the process entail here? Um, all right, so you're gonna standard drip coffee maker. You're gonna need three things: water, coffee grounds, and a coffee filter. You're going to place the coffee filter in the upper basket type receptacle, and then you're gonna put your coffee grounds in. You're going to 
fill the coffee pot with as much water as you plan on making. And that usually gets poured in the back in a reservoir. That coffee, that water will heat up. It will get sort of dropped over the coffee grounds, goes through a piping system, and uh, it will, you know, infuse itself with coffee, come through the filter. Filter obviously keeps the grounds from coming through with it. And boom, you've got gas station quality coffee in the convenience of your own home. Wow. No matter no matter what you do, by the way. Yeah, gas there, station is, quality there is coffee. no way. There is no way to make it better than gas station quality. You can only make it worse. <laughs> like like there's somebody out there who's like, who knows the special blend? Like, yeah, you just put in uh, more coffee. <laughs> Here's how you know drip coffee makers the most trash kitchen appliance go on youtube and see all the other dumb shit people make with people make brownies people make omelets people make mac and like people have have spent time and energy figuring out what the fuck else to do with this thing that is just supposed to be good at one thing and fucking sucks at it Meanwhile, toaster, all you do is push one button and it works. That's right. That's right. right. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, toaster's just like a heating element. I got nothing against like a heating element. It's pretty Man, honest. Listen, three words: brave little toaster. That's thank you. Where's the brave little drip coffee maker? Nowhere, because that glass carafe fucking broke. I'm so mad right now. I'm sorry. Please, somebody pick a new quest. <laughs> New statement. Uh, I, I got I got I got one from um, from colleague Billy Gamilla. I do not all caps believe the three of y'all could take a wolf. To be clear, <laughs> the three of you versus one wolf taking the wolf. Billy, um, Billy, we're gonna take you. Then we're gonna take a wolf just to prove a point. <laughs> Brother, listen. Brother, um, we, you've been we kind. Are... You've supported us. Right now, I'm I'm gonna have to. Um, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna strip down naked on all fours. I'm gonna attack you like a wolf and show you show you the meaning of shame. I thought this was a Rick Rude speech, but then it got <laughs> then it got went then it got all kinds of like I don't know who's who's that then like it, that's a Bray all, Wyatt. Oh my god, I did a Bray Wyatt speech. And I look like Bray all Wyatt right now. Lycanthropic. Yeah, that's a Bray Wyatt speech. So Terrified. so um, a wolf. This this comes from Arian Foster. Uh, getting getting pretty bored in the off season and pointing the finger at any of you wolves out there who, who want some. Um, <laughs> there are three of us. I mean, we can sacrifice any one of us, and the other two could just pin the animal down until I it mean, goes to sleep or something. Spencer already explained how we're going to do this, and it's one of the most selfless things he's ever. Thank said. you, Spencer. Spencer, please, it actually is. It actually is the on. only is the first selfless thing I have ever done in my life, theoretically. Which is the attack is I am going to take my left arm, and we're we're just giving this to the wolf, okay? It's gonna be it's gonna hurt, it's gonna be bad, but I'm going to take the most dangerous part of the wolf out of the game by putting my my big old beefy left arm right in his mouth. So with that taken, I can go and and, and immediately go to work on the eyes and the throat. <laughs> then, <laughs> then Jason, while I'm screaming. <laughs> can jump in and attempt to uh, an attempt to double up on the neck. I'll, like, I'll, I'll put him in the rear naked. Yeah, no, I think it's a, <laughs> I think it's a perfect approach. No, right? I'll put him in the Bob Backlund. That's what I'm doing. Sure, you put him. In, can you DDT a wolf? <laughs> <laughs> 
If you did, oh, if I'm you sure did, that's going on a, I'm sure that was on a T-shirt in like 2004. I'm just saying, if you DDT a wolf and we get it on tape, we will have met Vox Media's company-wide video goals for the next year and a half. <laughs> if I'm dressed like Arn Anderson, right down to the close shaved beard and like wearing the like 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 at one point Arn Anderson, there's a clip of him. He shows up to a match with Hogan on like zero notice because somebody else canceled and he shows up in pleated shorts with a belt if i if i like <laughs> ddt a wolf in pleated shorts and a belt yeah man we 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 win we've got every video metric and goal down the problematic video of a wolf being ddt explain <laughs> exactly. Eighteen thousand think pieces and i'm the world's biggest asshole and fired and so Fox is I- like, Buying <laughs> I, I've been told that the actual like special forces or whatever method for dealing with a rabid dog or a wait, wait, dog I, canine attack or whatever I, is I know, I know this. Yeah, it's you offer the arm. It's like what Spencer is actually saying. If you have a coat or something, you whip it off and wrap it around the arm as quickly as you can. And you just present the arm to the dog like bait. And then you reach up and clench as hard as you can on the throat and you just wrench it. See? I told you, we got a plan. We got this, brother. Billy, yeah. you don't have. To, I, I know you're. You sick your biggest, baddest wolf on us. Do your. Don't please don't do that. No, no, he's, from, <laughs> he's from Louisiana. Billy, Billy knows. Billy is an. Billy knows a tiger. Oh no! So. The LSU Florida rivalry has gone too far. He'll get. He'll. By the way, he'll get drunk and get confused, and that's how we get a tiger sicked on us at a tailgate. <laughs> Fortunately, fortunately, like literally, hold, literally hold that tiger. We will not defeat a tiger. <laughs> exactly, they'll be like, "Well, listen, since Peta said we can't have one anymore, we got an extra one. He's just hanging out." This ain't this ain't a tiger. This is a colleague. <laughs> this exactly. This is a friend and esteemed loyal colleague from Louisiana State University. My cousin. Um, I have a question from Matthew Falleri. Hockey is the best sport to experience live and in person. Couldn't tell you. So I, I'm I'm not clear on the why he had to say live and in person because I have not watched a lot of tape delayed hockey in I'll, person. I, I, like I, think, hockey. I think he was I think he was emphasizing that you're you're definitely in the place. Maybe okay. overemphasizing, but yeah, thanks. We're 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 in the building. Um, it's, this is pretty close to correct. I think it's not, I don't think it's as good as a really, really good football game in the right atmosphere. Um, or for that matter, a really, really good basketball game in the right atmosphere. I think just because like it's hockey live is very hard. At least I have found it's very hard to sort of keep track of what's going on because the puck's really fucking small and it moves really fucking fast and the game can sort of move quickly and like you don't have as much time to appreciate the slow building of things that even in basketball when you watch a fast break or or you know a buzzer beater there is sort of that time where you can track the very short story that you're watching happen unfold and hockey doesn't always happen that way that said the sound of what happens in hockey, skates and sticks and guys crashing into plexiglass is actually, I think, the most pleasant auditory experience you can have at a game, live, in person. They're real good. 
like they're, they're, it's it's a really 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 great experience live and it's very difficult to beat um i will say if you can get to a soccer match uh between two teams that really really hate each other that's right there like it is- it's it, it because because they'll actually harm each other like i mean actual harm right. and th- that's sick and that's that's wrong and it really does make the viewing experience better because it's incredible it's How- Hockey is the biggest gulf between being there in person and watching it on TV. Oh yeah, like a band with a bad producer, man. Like it's just it's not it's not even close. You have to see it live. The only time it gets even remotely approximate to the live experience is during the playoffs when you've got Doc Emmerich screaming at you the entire time and the teams and the fans are just like amped to the point where even even the difficulties of presenting it on TV uh, are overcome by the energy. It's a really, it's an insane. The other thing that is really, I don't know if it good is the word, but that it doesn't really quite translate is if you go to like um, any kind of UFC or boxing match because nothing happens and then suddenly like everything happens at once. And everyone there is waiting and hoping someone gets their ass kicked it is the most sinister feeling you will ever experience at a sporting event. Sitting around people who are like, yeah, I hope I see you get fucked up. Like that's, and you're like, yeah, get it, man. I, so, and, I hope I see a man almost die. Not die, yeah. almost die. No, there's people in the crowd who are like, yeah, knock his head off. I don't care. I can, I'll Instagram it. Like there's people at, at, at boxing matches and UFC fights who are like ready to do that. Um... Let's try to do a couple more. <sighs> All right, I'll I'll rip this stupid bandaid off. Do it. Uh, Rusty Shackelford at Tehoff sixty two. Bill Murray sucks. <sighs> he might personally, man. Like I, I mean, I like I don't know. In, the, in his divorce trial, it was alleged that like he had actually hit his wife. That was never substantiated. To, he, but, can't substantiate it but like yeah that could have happened man like he personally also, he, personally he could be kind of a shitbag he also has a reputation um i think in new york and probably in la too of like if you if you're throwing a big party he might just show up and people have decided that that's cool and good because bill murray is a fun guy in there they've said that's also like maybe not maybe not okay it's sort of on the line um if we're just talking about bill murray the entertainer he has he did do the garfield films i think we have to acknowledge that oh well, let's oh we can we can go back there's, there's that some... fucking one where he it's this artsy shit where he's like meeting all his old girlfriends or whatever and half the movie is just him driving between their houses i do that's, not know this film no movie. yeah that's um no i'm gonna i'm gonna find it um it's because... uh, something about flowers or something uh, it's not the razor's edge, is it? No, the no. razor the razor's edge is is the one that he actually did Ghostbusters right, in order right. to do. And the razor's edge is also not very good. It's not very good at all. Yeah, like not. It, it's kind of. It's not like a great book to start with, and then the adaptation really doesn't do it any favors. Um, yeah, he did Rock the Casbah. If you haven't seen Rock the Casbah, don't. It's it's terrible. He did that in 2015, man. It's a bad is, call. Yeah, there is. I mean, there is definitely a, a thing where 
either we or Bill Murray or both, we all realize like, hey, you know what's good about Bur- Bill Murray? Just a little sprinkle of him. Like yeah. Kingpin. Kingpin is good because there's just a little Ernie McCracken. Um, wild Things. Bill wild Murray's, things, what, Bill Murray's wild, really good in Wild Things, but that's because yeah, the, there's only a little bit of him. Yeah, the, he's, he's perfect. He's what? He's a corrupt lawyer? Yeah. Ideal. Uh, uh, Royal Tenenbaums, he's really good in that, but just a little, just a little bit here and there. Fantastic! Like saved his career with Rushmore by basically being kind of like a a bitter, drunk middle aged man. Kind of a kind of a stretch, really, for Bill Murray at that point in his life. I mean, he's great. So, so what is the statement that we're working with here? Bill Murray sucks. Is the statement? <laughs> I don't hey, think we. See, I somehow I. You can't go that far. I don't. Not think true. Bill, Bill, Bill Murray, Bill Murray, the entertainer, can suck. Bill Murray, the person, uh, unverified. Right. I suspect he could. Right. Yeah. Uh, but, but as, as but, an entertainer, I think he is has done more positive or more enjoyable than unenjoyable, or at least it outweighs it. So there's a lot you can ignore. Also, like I, I, I mentioned the one Bill Murray movie that I've right. seen that I didn't like. But there's probably 40 that I just chose not to see, and that is not – I don't hold those against Bill Murray. I, so, he didn't force me to watch them. So um, Hyde Park, New York is where Franklin Delano Roosevelt um, – it, it, where his home is, his, his former home. It's now a you know museum, and you can go on tours and say, hey, here's where he sat and did this thing, and look, this thing that this emperor or king gave him. Hooray! Um, and most of the time, these tours are very much, they're pretty, you know, flat. They're not really trying to rock any boats. But I've been on this tour, and the tour guide talks specifically about Hyde Park on Hudson, the movie in which Bill Murray plays FDR. Yeah. And this this tour guide, this federal employee of the National Park Service, savaged Bill Murray. He just couldn't believe how bad he was and how bad this film was so like yeah bill murray he can he can throw up a brick absolutely yeah i mean the greats all do but yeah i agree bill murray can suck i don't think maybe sucks overall is where we necessarily want to go with that i mean that's a that's a preposterous position to say i'll I'll ride with him in the budweiser and things of that nature I'll ride with him in the Budweiser bathing trunks in a Houston backyard, getting ready to take a dive off the high dive with a glass of scotch and a cigarette in his hand and brush more. That's that's iconic. That's pre Wes Anderson tweet overload. Wes Anderson, like that's that's quality right there. Um, you want me to end with one that that we'll all have a lot easier time with? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. This is from Justin at Drifter seventeen seventeen. Rutgers will have at least three Big Ten wins this year. Hmm. Well, they do get to play Michigan State. 